1: Are you ready for rapid fire?
2: Please bring it. Bring it. All right.
1: I'm going to call an audible on this first Ooh, one and just, you just go. Speaking of Drew Pine, okay. the hit to the head that he took at the goal line, you've watched the game twice. I have yes. not gone back and watched the game, but I saw all the replays I needed to see when it was going on. Should it have been called targeting?
2: That was a more egregious thing on the field live than J.D. Bertrand's hit. That was called targeting on the field. Completely now, agree. Correctly reversed, by he the way. It was the
1: crown of his helmet yes. hitting Drew Pine. The yes. crown of his helmet. I, textbook,
2: textbook. And it was on a quarterback.
1: Targeting. And it was and on they a quarterback. Never even looked at
2: it. Yes. Yeah. And it was on a quarterback, and I believe they called timeout afterwards, so they had plenty of time to look at it and buzz down to the officials and tell them that we're going to review this. Because you can do that in college football. Right? Yeah. You can do that. And they didn't even do that. Like they had ample opportunity. That was one of the worst non calls I've seen in a really, 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 really long time. To be Again, honest.
1: I asked Marcus Freeman after, you know, in the press conference after the game, I said, You called timeout. Did you ask them specifically to look for targeting? He said, They did. Greensboro, you know, it was an ACC officiating crew. Greensboro, oh, okay. where, you know, the headquarters okay. is, said, Nope, no targeting. Wow.
2: Wow. Blow, blowing my mind, like that. That one should have been on like teach teaching tape, yeah. For referees, like this is targeting, and and it was on a quarterback.
1: It See was on here's a quarterback. Here's what I want to know: Are these guys when they're looking at this, are trying to read intent into this? It like when they be. look at that, because Derek just said Jason Garrett said it was clean. How do you how do you how can you say that was clean when it was a clear helmet to helmet hit on a quarterback?
2: Yes, he low helmet
1: to helmet hit a hit with the crown of your helmet on somebody else's helmet is supposed to be automatic targeting. There is no gray area there, and it's like that. That's why it's like are these guys trying to be subjective and determine intent when they're seeing this because intent is not supposed to be a part of this, but. For anyone to say that that was a clean hit and not targeting, I, I don't know what you're looking at. I just exactly. Don't.
2: No, I completely agree with you. I, It was one of the worst non-calls since, and somebody else brought it up. Uh, I, I will pull it up here for uh, a Torrey Hunter Jr. Part 2. And I agree with that as well. That yeah. one was very egregious. This is in that neighborhood. Yeah. Seriously, it is in that neighborhood. No doubt about it. And. Right. Wait, is this? I can't even remember if it's a a rapid fire question or not. Did you ask about whether he should have been in the game the rest of the way or was that earlier on? No, maybe, I never asked that. Maybe I'm imagining things. So I'll bring it up. At that point, they if based on the what they did in the second half of that game, they should have let Angeli play the second half. Just hand off. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's basically what they did. I mean, they went,
1: he went to the tent. He was evaluated. He was, he was,
2: you know. And I get it. He wanted to go back in the game. If I was in his shoes, I would too. But at that point in the game, I would have just said, hey, let's give Angeli some opportunity. It's a home game. We're clearly going to win this game. Let's just have him go in there and do this. That's the only time I would advocate for Steve Angeli to come in because of an injury or a prevention of. Let's say he takes one more minor shot to the head. Then he's out indefinitely with a concussion. Yeah. That's the way I see and then you it. You have That's no almost, choice
1: but to go with it. Right.
2: So now it's prevention of an injury. So, yeah. I know I've said in the past, there's no way I'm putting Steve Angeli in the game unless Drew Pine is, like, carted off on a stretcher. This is prevention of him being carted off on a stretcher, in sure. my opinion. So, yeah. I would have played him the rest of the game at that point.
1: It's just, the targeting role is the worst rule in football.
2: It's so and objective. It's very
1: arbitrary. arbitrary. And like arbitrary. I was That's shocked that game. they overturned J.D.
2: Bertrand's, to be <laughs> quite Dude, honest. It's the right call, but I'm shocked that they did it. Yeah. Absolutely shocked that they did it. Yeah. Because I I almost feel like the review people are there to make sure the guys on the field are right.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? In college, I think more times than not yeah. that's absolutely right.
2: Yes. That's what it felt like to me.
3: Yep. So I never dreamed I would talk this much about coffee, especially since I'm not really coffee drinker. But ever since we first tried Trade Coffee, my coffee-loving wife is not only hooked, but I've even started to drink coffee, and I've got my mom hooked on it as well. Let me tell you about Trade Coffee. It's a coffee subscription service unlike anything you've tried before because they partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in the country direct to your home on your preferred schedule. Their team of experts do all the work, taste-testing hundreds of coffees from across the U.S. every month to curate over 450 exceptional coffees and make the cut. I've told you about our collection. The rich, sweet flavor of the Big City Roast from Joe Coffee, the full flavor of the Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters, where you can actually taste the malted milk balls. We love it. And if what I got isn't up your alley, don't worry. Trade will have whatever it is that you want. You can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile, or you can take the coffee quiz like we did and get expertly matched with the coffees that you'll love. Trade is the easiest way to get your very best tasting coffee delivered fresh when you need it. You've got nothing to lose, because Trade guarantees you will love your first bag. If not, they'll work with you to replace it for free. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order, plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash irish. That's drinktrade.com slash irish for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the world. Give it a shot.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
4: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare care regimen, including EE system.
1: Okay, next question. Fill in the blank. It's a okay. blank that after Saturday's win over UNLV, Marcus Freeman said, quote, We are a good football team that doesn't always play that way. End quote.
2: It's ridiculous. You're a four and three football team. You're not a good football team. We thought that they were a good football team. Maybe they are good in practice. We've seen them be good. I hate to say it. Charlie said it first.
1: You you are what are what
2: your record says you are. And that's not a good football team. That is a very average football team. I think that they have the pieces to be a good football team but they're not a good football team. They're not. So, and as much as that pains me to say, it's very painful for me to say that out loud. They're not a good football team right now. They're four and three. You've lost to Marshall. You lost to Stanford. You're not a good football team.
3: If you are
1: a quote, good football team that doesn't always play that way, that makes you a wildly inconsistent yes. football team. And if you lose, you know, again, keep beating it up all the time, but facts are the facts. You can't lose to Marshall and Stanford at home. Exactly. And again, even, even against UNLV, as good as things looked at times, the track record is just like you have not played well on your home field at all this year. Like you've not played one complete game on your home field at all because it's one thing, it's one thing to lose. It's another thing to lose to a good team, but it's another thing – to play inconsistent football against Correct. the three of the worst teams on your schedule yep. at home. And that's what at we've home. seen so far. That's at what we've home. Seen
2: so far. Is there that much yeah. more pressure at home than there is on the road? Come yeah. on. Not, who, not with who you're playing. That's like, it's going
1: to be very telling if they, because this was asked at the, at the press conference today too. Like it's going to be very telling if they go on the road against a ranked Syracuse team and at least play, a really good game, you know, like whether right. they win or lose, like play a really good game against a good Syracuse team that was leading Clemson for like 80% of the day before they ended up losing that game. Sure. I think it's re- I think it's going to be really telling. And there, there are some things that they've got to address at that point in whatever they're doing at home right yes. now. Yes, no question. If that's the case.
2: No, quite. I mean, whether they got a scrap mass or whether they got, you know, they're they're going to have to reevaluate something that they're doing at home because they're not playing great at home. And you can bang on Brian Kelly all you want and I'm usually in that camp. He won 26 games in a row at home. And a lot of those games were games like these where you are very much the you know the uh, the better roster and all of those things. That's what home games are for the most part, right? It's yeah. paying people to come in, get their butts whooped, take a check and go home. And while they weren't always the cleanest or the most fun games to watch, they did win those games. Right. And I will say, I, you and I have said it before and we'll say it again, this team right now is six and one if Brian Kelly is the coach. no, No doubt in my mind about that. Yep. But I also say that they would have looked like garbage against Ohio State. Either way, they're 6-1 and one sure. right now. They're 6-1, yeah. and one. Right. and they're in the top 10. And so you've got a top 10 matchup coming against Clemson, and you've got a top 15 match or a top 16 matchup coming against Syracuse. And you've got, you know, some spice to these games, and they're fun, and they're exciting, and all of these different things. So, you know, it is what it is. And I this is going to be painful coming out of my mouth, but I will say it. You know, hats off to Brian Kelly for winning that game on Saturday, man. I did not <laughs> see that coming.
1: I didn't think I'd ever hear that coming out of your mouth though, either.
2: I uh, you know That's, what? I didn't watch the game, but I saw the scores as it was were going on
1: the lane train. And look where that
2: got us. Wow. I mean, they hey. Cap tipped.
1: Yep. I meant to get to this earlier. We'll go ahead and get to it from Charlie Weiss's last belt loop. A uh super chat. Feels like this would have been a lost team with a heartbeat. Oh, Just oh, blows oh. my mind. What's that? It Just blows it. my mind that it looks like it gets worse week by week. How did this happen?
2: I don't know that it looks worse. I think it looks exactly the same, which is the problem. And yes, if they played a better team, then I agree with you. I think that it would have been a loss. Uh, you know, I saw some growth in Marcus Freeman. I will say that. And I, there's going to be a question, I believe, in uh, Rapid Fire where I can explain myself a little bit more. But okay, I did see some growth in Marcus Freeman. And so I'll talk about that, but from a offensive
1: coming up here, I yeah.
2: Think. From from an offensive standpoint, I'm seeing no growth. I'm not seeing them get worse, but I'm seeing no growth, and that's a problem. That's a problem.
1: Yeah, and that's, you know, like you were just talking about, like the, and I'm not blaming this. I'm just like going back to the mass, and I don't have a problem with the mass itself. And I know a lot of people like that tradition and all that stuff. I mean, they were doing a walk from the Goog to the stadium anyway but now just like you're just the reason Brian Kelly got rid of that on game day was just to take away one more distraction one more thing that you had to deal with on game day that was not part of winning on the football field and it's I don't know where their focus is but like when they go on the road it's like you know, you get to the town, you, you typically go to the stadium, do a little walkthrough the day right. before. The next you know, you go to your hotel, everything is, is taken care of for you. You know, you're in your hotel rooms, you go to the game, and that's it. You don't have all these other things around it. There's obviously a lot of things going on at Notre Dame for a game day weekend, and a lot of them are really great things.
2: Don't sure. get me wrong. They're, and they're from it, fans. I mean it just definitely yeah.
1: feels like there is a a team disconnect there's some lethargy out there and i don't know where it's coming from
2: yeah i don't i I can't put my finger on it because i'm not with the team all day on a home game saturday or a home a home weekend right because you know friday is part of that and then they go to a hotel and they do all these different things on friday night and then they bust back in on saturday you know all all of those things right i would love to be a fly on the wall for a home weekend versus an away weekend and see what the differences are because i know they have mass in the hotel When they have an away weekend. So, I mean, they try to emulate a similar schedule. Right. But but you also don't have
1: to, you don't have to load up the buses and go to the, you know, right.
2: You have to walk downstairs. I mean, it's exactly. I I would love to be a fly on the wall. I will say that.
1: I've been on, I've been on some of the, you know, obviously I've been on the road trips with like Notre Dame women's basketball and baseball. They're smaller scale, obviously, because it's smaller teams and, and all that. But there have been sometimes like, Back in the day when we would stay in the same place, you know, as the the football team, like when they would play USC, you don't get to see everything. But at the same time, it's like it's just, you know, again, it's it's like all inclusive. (laughs) You know, everything is in the same building. It's literally taking the elevator downstairs. Your meals are there. You know, as you said, like if they're going to have mass, your mass is there. You don't have to go outside the building. There's not a lot extra to do. You know, it's literally get yourself dressed. They give you an itinerary so you know exactly where you need to be where and when you need to be there. And, you know, you just go. Like, yeah, they take you through it. Hold your hand every
2: step of the way. Yeah, so, no doubt.
1: All right, Charlie Weiss's belt loop says, Vince, but the offense did get worse from North Carolina to now. It's just getting worse week by week. Now seems like the play calling and execution are bad.
2: It's the same. It's the exact same uh situation that they've had every single week for the yeah. past 4 weeks it's the exact same game plan it's the exact but the problem is you just can't run up the middle on these last couple of teams and they keep continuing to do that like they're banging their head against the wall i i i disagree that they're getting worse i think they're exactly the same it's just a different opponent every week i yeah i don't see any difference i'm sorry and and Drew Pine is missing more than he's hitting like he was doing in those first few games it's the exact same plays he's just not hitting them he's overthrowing like crazy
3: Agree.
1: What did you think about Marcus Freeman opting to kick field goals three times rather than go for it on fourth down?
2: I have no problem with it whatsoever. That's what I'm talking about when I, when I talk about Marcus Freeman growing as a head coach, take the points, take the points and get out of there that, you know, if he would have taken the points before they, they beat Stanford, if they don't go for it on fourth down, they don't lose by two. You know what I mean? So I can realize retrospect and all of that is, you know, hindsight is twenty-twenty. Blah 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 blah. Take the points, especially when your offense is struggling to put up points and is struggling to be good. If you're in field goal range, you got a pretty darn good field goal kicker. Get the three points, period. And I think Marcus Freeman's starting to grow on that. I
1: concur, especially early in the game. I think that if you miss on that opportunity, like you did against Stanford it kind of starts, I think you start to get maybe a little bit tighter. You know, you're thinking about it a little bit more. You're looking up at that scoreboard. There's still a goose egg up there. Nothing's going on. I like getting the points to at least say, okay, we got something out of this. We're not going to come out of this empty-handed. We're going to make sure, even though it's a field goal, obviously you prefer touchdowns, but we're going to make sure that we get something out of this. Because I think so many coaches so many times are tempted by this. And, like, you know, you look at at Brandon Staley out – with the Chargers, and he's like Mr. Analytics, you know, the the, the numbers say go for it, go for it down. <laughs> Right, it's, right. It's like it's the same thing with them sometimes as it is with Notre Dame, you know, just like sure. going back to that Stanford game, it wasn't the going for it on fourth and two, it was the play call and the personnel that were trying to execute the play on fourth and two. I right. still might have just kicked the field goal because again, it's the first quarter. Take you know, take your points, take your points. absolutely, stuff. but yeah, like you know, so I do think you have to weigh that. And I, I like the fact that that even though you know you could have come away with from that with what sure. twelve more points potentially, you still got nine right. out of it in the right. in the end. You know? Yeah, exactly. And and think event, about how much closer that game is at the end if they get stopped on a couple of those fourth downs.
2: Absolutely correct. And I I will agree with Anthony on this one. Fourth down versus Stanford was a bad decision. At least he learned from it. So right. this is where I thought we would see some growing pains, right? As far as some of the head coaching decisions and some things of that nature, I just didn't think they'd be the difference between wins and losses. And that that's the difference for me with this team from where I thought that they would be and where they are. I thought he would make some boneheaded decisions here and there. He would learn from them, which he's doing, but I didn't think that those decisions would be the difference in the winning and losing. Right. And that's, and that's what they are. And that's part of the problem with where Notre Dame is right now, that's the difference between winning and losing. And I would have never in a million years guessed that. I ever. Know. I know.
1: But these are also the first year, you know, the the things that a first year head coach is only going to be able to, to solve by going through them. And yeah, he's gone through them. And there've been a couple different times where he kind of chalks it up to experience and he learns his lesson from it and moves on. And and at least he's
2: learning. And we, yeah, I will say of all the things you can say about Marcus Freeman, to me, it feels like he learns from every situation, and right. and adjusts at that point. Sometimes he doesn't adjust as fast as some people would like, and <laughs> I get that. I mean, a lot of people want him calling the offensive plays. You know what I mean? But you know, I be- I do believe he is learning from this experience, and he is putting into action what he is learning. You just yep. pulled that up because it said Sean. Great point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got to have a great point every once in a while, uh, but he said, you know, Reese Reese's play calling, not matching the right personnel. And that's, that's a absolutely. big factor. Yeah. Right Alan talking about Nick Saban always takes the points. I mean, you want to talk about an anti analytics guy, Nick, oh, Saban, yeah. you know, he's been doing it long enough. He's like, I don't need analytics. Just right. get away from me.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Vince Andre Estime has fumbled three times in four <sighs> games. Now you've been a
2: coach. What can be done? You you de- he carries the ball too low. So if we're talking from a fundamental situation from a fundamental standpoint, he carries the ball too low. The first fumble, I don't even really put on him. He was reaching for the goal line. Shouldn't have been, you know, that that's something you can obviously fix.
1: But that's like a Belichick thing, too. You know, like right, Belichick no. is like never reach for the goal line yeah. for that very reason.
2: Completely agree. Completely agree. But that's not something where he's carrying the ball incorrectly right he got it away from his body and he did it different than the other
1: three yeah
2: correct these other ones he's carrying the ball too low it's high and tight you got to be right here with it and when you're going through the line you got to be right here with it right you you've got to have all points on the ball I, i believe there's eight points of contact when you carry the ball correctly and then when you put two arms on it then you got even more right He's got to know when contact is coming. He's got to cover that thing up. He's the biggest, strongest dude that they have carrying the ball. There is no reason that ball should be popping out. That ball has to be right here. And I hate to say it, but it almost feels like a uh, a program situation, like a movie. The or program.
1: Like, as what saying. Like, are you gonna are you gonna make him carry the ball around? around goodness, man,
2: and don't teammates got to try to smack it out what they don't see? Fumble him. the rock, man. Don't fumble the rock. Carry it around with you. Do something because you cannot have yep. three fumbles. This team needs Audric Estime big time. They need him. They absolutely need him. He can't be a fumble fumbling problem, right? You've got to be right here, up high and tight.
1: And that's what Tiki Barber had a fumbling problem early in his career with the Giants. And he did exactly what you're talking about. Like you basically you're holding that up across your chest, and that's what he ended up doing. It looked a little awkward, but he stopped fumbling after that. And you know, like Logan Diggs, you saw him the other day when he was, you know, doing a lot of that you know, his stuff between the tackles and stuff like that. He would, he ran into open space a couple times, but as soon as somebody was coming to contact on him, he was wrapping that thing up with both arms. And that's just, yeah, you just got to start doing that. I mean, you got to find a way. It's amazing. He said, estimate said he had never fumbled before, you know, before that first one. And now all of a sudden it's three times in four weeks.
2: And I, and I do get it. I mean, it, it can be a, it can be something that gets in your head. And then you just keep doing it. And I, I get that. I do get that. Right. And he just needs to overcome it. He's, he's, a, he's a young kid. He's just got to overcome it. I think he's going to be fine. I really do. But he just, he needs to prove to the coaching staff that he's not going to fumble in a key moment. I mean, that's where right. he's at right now. You know, absolutely.
1: Yep. For sure. Fill in the blank. It's blank that the Colts have benched Matt Ryan in favor of Sam Ellinger for the rest of the season after their loss Sunday to Tennessee.
2: Man, I did well, you know, for so we're talking NFL. I did not see this one coming. I really didn't. I thought Matt Ryan would be a severe upgrade from Carson Wentz. I did too. I thought that the, at the very least he was going to be able to take care of the football. Uh, you know, maybe he wasn't going to be super explosive, but I thought he would distribute the ball well. I mean, he's a veteran. He's got a good arm, you know, all of these different things. I and and he had a great defense to work with in Indianapolis. He just didn't have to screw it up. Like that that's really all it was. Don't screw it up, dude. And now you're getting benched. Like I saw a stat that he has the same amount of interceptions in what is it, 5 or or 7 games I think it is that Carson Wentz had all last season. Yeah. Like, dude, you can't do that. You can't, you can't you can't be that guy. I thought that this was going to be a nice marriage for the Colts. I really really did. I thought Matt Ryan was going to be the answer, but woo baby, not so much.
1: No, and and I think that the fact that this is for the season and yeah. not just like we're gonna go to Sam Ellinger, I think we're seeing Jim Irsay, you know, doing his Jerry Jones impersonation, you know, <laughs> because Frank Reich and Chris Ballard aren't gonna come out and say the owner made me do it, but apparently they they had like an hour long meeting with the three of them, right? and I think the owner is is flexing his muscle here, you know, because he has been, you know, he was really ticked off. But the way things ended last year when they lost to Jacksonville and that, yeah. you know, led to them getting rid of, you know, making that Carson Wentz trade, bringing in Matt Ryan. But you know, they've had three veterans in the last three years. And I think it's time for Jim Ursay to realize he doesn't have the team that he thought that he has. You know, you can blame it on Matt Ryan if you want, but there's been too much pressure. You know, Jonathan Taylor is hurt outside of Jonathan Taylor. Where's the skill position talent on? The, you know, I know they've got Pittman, but there's just not a lot Pittman's of skill the position answer. talent. The defense isn't nearly as good as they thought that it was. Yeah. There's there's a lot more problems with that team than just the quarterback. I mean, the quarterback is is always going to be a glaring problem on every team, but the fact that Jim Say just needs to to fire Frank Reich. I think I said this earlier. It's it's rough. like when when they lost to when, when the Colts lost to Jacksonville again to open up the season down there. In Jacksonville, I I think that it's time that maybe you realize. I mean, Frank Reich has always come across as a really good guy, but maybe he's just not that good a coach because it's a recurring problem, regardless of who the quarterback is.
2: Jacksonville can't be, you know, they can't be your nemesis, right? And right now, that's the case. And if you can't beat Tennessee, who has come back to the pack significantly. You're in trouble. I mean, yeah. the AFC South was supposed to be a cakewalk. It, I mean, it was the Colts were supposed to walk, run away with this thing, and clearly that's not the case. So rough, absolutely yeah. rough. You know what I say? Jack Cone to start for the Colts. He was in the, he was there for the, the preseason. Put him in the game. Jack Cone's a winner. I don't know
1: if he's still on the practice squad, but apparently not. Ellinger just moved past Nick Foles on the depth chart like last week, and now they've got him. He's going to go out there and starts and. Nick Foles is still
2: around, so. Yeah, t- Tyler says Cohn got cut. I'm sure Cone he got did. cut. He, I mean, you, know, you can only keep so many go. quarterbacks. I'm sure he's right. not even employed in the NFL anymore. Right. He could be starting for the Colts, though. <laughs> That's all I'm saying.
1: Vince, in honor of the Miami Dolphins' 1972 perfect season team, the Dolphins had a 1972 concession stand price game uh, yesterday. 75-cent fountain drinks, $1.75 pop- popcorn, $2 hot dogs. Do you think Notre Dame could benefit from trying something like that once a year?
2: There's a lot of things Notre Dame could benefit from. One is upgrading the food in the press box, but that's a different conversation. (laughs) Was it any better this past weekend? What? Was the food any better this past weekend when I wasn't there? They probably rolled out the red carpet when I wasn't there.
1: I think I've got a bad internet connection here.
2: Okay. You're not even going to answer it, you coward uh I'm not, I'm not gonna slam
1: free food so. i'm joking
2: but no i they absolutely could i think it was cool number one i thought the jerseys were awesome i yeah. loved the dolphins jerseys uh last night that was awesome number one number two yes yeah, timey says bring back 1988 prices
1: and this was gonna be my point like Love it. for like they for these games like toledo last year unlv this year right They couldn't sell the place out.
2: They're literally giving out free tickets to the UNLV. Exactly.
1: You know, Notre Dame's got a big athletic marketing department over there, and for years they had to do zero work to market football (laughs) because it was because it was always sold out. And if they couldn't, they couldn't sell it out for real. They had some big donor, you know, who was always just throwing money, saying, "Here, you know, buy the rest of the tickets." Now it's a sellout. You know, even though you would still see patches of empty seats in quote unquote. Sell out games. But for these kind of games, come up with some kind of package like that where, like, you get X amount of tickets and you get, you know, your concession stand prices are this. Like, give especially, like, the local fans some reason to go there. You know, like, give them some incentive to go out there. Give them realistic concession stand prices and, and get them over there. I think it's the perfect idea for, for those kind of games that you're having a, a really hard time selling tickets especially when you're three and three going in. And that's exactly it, Stymie. Notre Dame's throwback, the last time they won a national championship, yep. 1988. Boom. Do it. You get 1988 concession stamp prices.
2: And they should bring back those 1988 uniforms that they did, uh, what was it, last year? A couple of years ago, yeah. Two years ago, whatever it was. Those were awesome. Ad-flies. Those were awesome, number yeah. one. Bring back the uniforms. Bring back the prices. I think anything you can do about the 88 team is fantastic. Someday before I die, we're going to be talking about a national championship for Notre Dame that's not 1988. But Maybe. I say bring it back. I say bring it back. Yep. Because next year will be what was what that? 98, 2008, 18, the 35th anniversary. Next year is the year to do it.
1: Yeah, It will be. It will be. You're going to make me do it
3: there.
2: Yeah.
3: TBS just announced they're making a sequel to the Christmas
1: classic A Christmas Story. I don't know if you'd heard this or not. Are you ready for the follow-up, some 40 years in the making?
2: That's two major thumbs down. Uh, that's a wasted, that's wasted film. It's a sequel,
1: not a remake. Peter I know. Billingsley, you know, who played the kid, he's gonna be in it. I know they're gonna go back to the house and all that stuff. Yep,
2: still won't watch it. Uh Good. not enthusiastic about that in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> I, and your your question is which movie out there needs to have a sequel yes that's the next
1: question right. the follow-up was what's a sequel to mm-hmm. a classic movie that you would like to see
2: made i really thought hard about this one because a lot of the really good movies out there have sequels to them whether they were good bad or otherwise they have sequels Mm-hmm. i'm gonna throw a curveball at you that's about- true
1: because like if if they were good enough to begin with especially like in the 80s they started making sequels to everything like I mean,
2: even top gun has a sequel
1: ghostbusters fletch i mean and i, I mean honestly like top gun would have been my answer <laughs> probably but go fair ahead enough
2: fair enough I, I do love this one by we are not marshall vince doing a thumbs down yet watches the new quantum leap every week I I get what you're saying, but I didn't like the first one. So that's why it's a big thumbs down. But anyway. You didn't like the first Christmas story? I hate it. I hate that movie. I know. I know. I know. Just put it in the category with Rocky. All right.
1: I just muted Vince's microphone because that's just... There's just so much blasphemy that this guy spews on this show, and I just can't believe it. And, like... Vince and Brian and I were sitting up in the press box at Notre Dame Stadium last week. And I don't know how the Rocky movies came up. And all of a sudden I look over and and, and Brian is saying, You are un-American, Vince. And I'm like, What did I just walk into the middle of here? It's like he's like, You're telling me you don't like Rocky Four, you know, Rocky versus Ivan Drago, the communists, the Russians, you know, like all Vince is like, Nope, nope, and nope. I don't watch. <laughs> any boxing movies i can't stand boxing okay you're unmuted come back in
2: yeah so anyway to answer your question because you're right i there i and i give me some credit about at least sticking to my guns because nobody's gonna like me after this but that's okay (laughs) i think they need to do a sequel to the goonies okay i want to see what the goon squad is all up to now that would be right? interesting. Bring back Sean Aston, bring back the whole crew. I want to know what they're all up to. They can go on an adventure. Maybe their kids go on an adventure. Something needs to happen. I say Goonies 2. The new adventure.
1: See, that one like, mm-hmm. Goonies is like your
2: age demo yes, because that is you were
1: born was it 80 or 81? 80. Well, 80.
2: December 29th. So pretty dangerous right. close to 81, Almost 81 but still yeah. 80.
1: But yeah, yeah it's like you're in that Goonies. Like, Goonies was a little bit, like, I was a little, a couple Army, years I too old. Think, probably. Yeah, I was a little bit too old for the Goonies at yeah, that point. It wasn't my thing. But, like I said, Top Gun probably would have been my choice. They just made it all these years later, and it was awesome, as it we can great. both agree.
2: Fan-freaking-tastic.
1: So, like, the only <laughs> other one I can think of, especially, like, when you go back and you think about 80s and all that stuff. You know, it's like they made so many sequels to all these different things. I would probably go like Ferris Bueller's day off, Ooh, okay. See, like, like revisit Ferris 40 years later, you know, like, did they get married? You know, is he still like, maybe Cameron is his next door neighbor now or something. And <laughs> Ferris has got the precocious son who's out doing his own hmm. thing and, yeah? you know, trying to play you something, something along those lines. So I, I'd go, I'd go the, uh. Not a reboot, but a sequel. I, yes. I think I would do a Ferris.
2: Yes, we want sequels because they they did like Ferris Bueller. They did a TV show, right? They it. tried that. They tried, and that was a bomb. That was. Terrible. I think wasn't
1: Jennifer Aniston in that?
2: Do you remember? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm not I sure. She was I? I remember seeing a little bit of it, but yeah. Somebody wants to know if there was ever a Forrest Gump sequel? Breakfast Club. Uh, you no, have ha- Haley Haley Joel Osman as an adult, like Forrest Junior. Yeah, that would, right. That would be interesting. Right. Um, Money Pit we'll have Tommy be the lead <laughs> Touche, we are not Marshall. That's a good one. Touche. Yep. Touche. Yep.
1: The Burbs, we had to vote for the Burbs. Wow. As well. So, that's all the all the really classic. good Tom Hanks classics, yeah, that's right.
2: Yeah, Breakfast Club is not a bad one. You know, some one of the people they could be an administrator in the school or something along those lines like, you know, you, but you basically have to have another generation of Breakfast Club people. Essentially,
1: that's true. So it almost have to be
2: like all their kids or something. Yeah, exactly. You know, and to be—I don't know. I feel like that was a one-hit, not one-hit wonder, but like I don't know that you can have a sequel to that. Like that was a moment in time. Like it was one day. I don't know. Maybe
1: Charlie said there was supposed to be a Forrest Gump too, but Tom Hanks disagreed with the plot, and all the plans died out. Hmm. I can. See okay. That. I think that would be a tough one. To make a sequel because it's like you got Mary. basically his
2: whole life story yeah. at that point. And that was, I mean, obviously, that movie was nuts. I mean, it was totally not in any way true or anything like that. So it was just the, uh, it'd be, that'd be a tough one to do that. That'd be tough. Right.
1: Judd Nelson. Now, that would be a spin if Judd Woo! Nelson turned out to be the principal. Yeah, no doubt. In, in the
2: Breakfast Club. Hey, I'm an administration, so really anything can happen. That's true. I, I did hear somebody say one time, some of the best administrators were the troublemakers. troublemakers, and, Cause they know, all, they know all the tricks of the trade. You know what I mean? So that's true. there, there is a good point. You can't to that. get it by him. <laughs> so there's one guy who's a really, really good principal. And I heard that he was nothing but trouble when he was in school. So, but all right. uh, anyway.
1: All right. Well, that's going to do it for tonight. Glad to have you with us here this evening. Hit that like button on your way out. If you would, if you, uh, haven't already done so risky business just got that in before the buzzer
2: how about cocktail how about Ah. the sequel to cocktail i know still waiting for a lot of
1: answers to that one too
2: that would be (laughs) a fun one i'm a fan of everyone that was in that movie with the special emphasis on somebody's uh, certain someone
1: cocktail was good cocktail was good. i I, I like
2: that movie a lot are you in the shoe club oh my god yes (laughs) Absolutely. all right
1: let's get out of here <laughs> on that we will talk to you <laughs> tomorrow night tune in tonight
2: eight o'clock on further right. right. review eight, 8, 8 o'clock, o'clock. so the review we're gonna take a 35 minute break and then we're gonna be right back at eight o'clock and i'll have the bears game right over here so if i'm depressed it's because of notre dame and the bears playing horrible yes
1: so, patriots by a couple oh, touchdowns yeah probably as
2: much as i want the bears to win i can't i can't logically have those words come out of my mouth right so and mike zimmerman says days of thunder great movie
1: i don't think i've ever seen that maybe once maybe once i don't know you know me i'm not a We're big Z, like so you don't like far
2: racing far. right yeah, yeah. Robin's racing it's good stuff <laughs> where nicole kidman met tom cruise are you not a romantic that's, true. Come on,
1: that's man. true and it lasted so long for him we'll talk to you tomorrow <laughs> I be Nation sports talk